Have you ever experienced a broken relationship before? Probably all of us have, right? A broken relationship. But not only the broken relationship, but what about the relationship that you don't even know how to fix? Right? You know there's been a broken relationship, but how do you fix it? And, and we're in this place of like, okay, do I just cut off the relationship so that's easier for us to move on? Or do I pursue a relationship? How do we do this? And um, can I just have the sound guys? There's a hum back here. I don't know if you can deal with that or not, but that would be helpful. And I'm the only one who hears it. Sorry for bringing, pointing it out. You know, the sound team was like, why do you do that, Mark? Why do you bring attention to things? Now you're distracted. <laughs> They're just, it's all good. It's all good. Thank you, guys. By the way, I really appreciate our, our, our tech team and sound team. Travis and the team, they spent hours, 16 hours yesterday, doing this set design for all of us. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. So if we've experienced broken relationships, we, we come to this place of not knowing how to fix it. And then, then we realize, well, what has broke? Why, why is that relationship broken? What happened to break that relationship? And you realize that it was maybe broken trust. Maybe that was words that were spoken were hurtful words, or maybe there were lies that, that broke something that created distance between us. I know for me, I grew up and had a broken relationship with my, with my parents. This could be awesome. My mom's going to be here second service, and, and it's going to be fun to have her with me. I don't always get an opportunity to worship with her. But growing up, I broke a relationship with my parents because instead of saying what was true, I would say what was easy. Anybody been there, right? Like we don't want really, if we say the truth, we might, we might feel that pain or that conflict in us. And so we say what's easy instead of what's true. And I started getting into a habit of was saying what was easy instead of true. And I broke my parents' trust when they found out that I continually lied to them. Broke their trust. I came to that place where I actually despised that in my life, and, and I realized that why did I despise it is because my parents no longer could trust, and that tr lack of trust broke my relationship with them, and I was feeling more distant from them because of that. And I wanted to be close to my parents. I wanted to have an open relationship, but, but for some reason, I gave in to that temptation of doing what was easy instead of what was right, and that relationship was broken. Thankfully, over the years, that relationship has been restored. But it took me coming to the place of being completely transparent and pursuing my, parent, my parents in a new way and saying, you know what, every single time when my habit was to say what was easy instead of right, I needed to make it right. And what that did is it started me pursuing them and pursuing that relationship, and that relationship started to heal, and we came back together. But we do that, actually. We do that often. And if we look at, at Peter, the, um, the disciple of Jesus, what he did before Jesus was crucified, he denied Jesus. He actually lied about his, his relationship with Jesus. He denied Jesus three times. People would say, oh, don't you know this Jesus? Like, no, I don't know him. And, and you know, he was in the courtyard, and I wouldn't be surprised if... 
if Jesus, being fully aware after being arrested, is kind of aware of the surroundings, you do that, right? You're, it's all of a sudden everything's heightened, right? There's a lot of intensity going on. And I wouldn't be surprised as if Jesus saw Peter over there warming himself by a fire and, and a, a girl comes by and he, he catches the eye of Peter as Peter is saying, no, I don't know him. And I just think that must have just broke his heart at that moment that here it is, a relationship is starting to tear apart because now Peter, who is, by the way, self-preservation, that's, that's why people lie. People are like, I don't want to get caught. I don't want to, like, so self-preservation. And so then, then they, but they break a trust and there's separation in the relationship. Separation in the relationship. So here it is that, that not only does the, caught crow and realized that Peter's denied Jesus three times, that, that he feels after Jesus' death, he goes back to fishing again. Now, we're going to tell this story. I'm going to read some scripture about Jesus' ability to restore the relationship. And I, I, that's the message today, is understanding that Jesus has an ability to restore not only your earthly relationships, but his relationship between you and him. And that's such a, going to be a hopeful message for you because what we realize, what sin does, sin actually makes us move away from Jesus. And But when Jesus comes on the scene, he realizes that he forgives us our sin. That's the work on the cross. And it gives us permission to move towards him without any judgment, without any shame, without any guilt. And he basically says, I love you and I want to restore this relationship. That's going to be the hope for us. So here we go in, in John chapter 21. This is now after Jesus' resurrection. So we, have, we know the Marys came and found the empty tomb. Um, Jesus, uh, three days later, he rose from the grave. And then he's still on earth before he is ascending into heaven and he's engaging with his followers. In chapter 21, verse 4, love this story. Just absolutely love this story. Starting verse 4, just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. He said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to even haul it in because of the quantity of fish. The disciples whom Jesus loved, that would be John, therefore said to Peter, so Peter and John now are in the boat, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for his work, and threw himself into the sea. So they're hauling in nets, right? They're fishing. He doesn't have his outer garment, doesn't want to get all stinky with fish and dirty. He puts on his garment, jumps into the water, and the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the, the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land but about a hundred yards off. When they got to the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid on it and bread. He said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew. They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, so, uh, and so with the fish. This was the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. 
There's something that takes place, and I'm going to talk about the three ways that Jesus wants to restore a relationship with you. So today, if you hear you're feeling like, you know, I'm a fraud or like I've done some things that I don't know if Jesus, you know, is proud of me or I'm not religious enough, I'm not good enough. By the way, get rid of this whole idea of religious enough. There's no such thing as being a religious enough. There's everything has to do with being in a relationship with Jesus and a broken relationship that Jesus wants to restore. That's his heart for you. It's not about how many times you go to church. It's not like all your community service, which, by the way, all those are good. I would encourage you, that's how we grow. That's how we're connected. That's how we make sure the enemy doesn't get a hold of us by being connected in community and small groups and serving. Keeps our heart in the right place. But what what Jesus does is, is he takes somebody like Peter, who was a liar, After being in Jesus' presence and then denying Jesus three times, he lied about his relationship and he went back to what he used to be doing, right? Because I think sometimes when we get so discouraged and when we feel disconnected from Jesus, we go back to old ways. And then those old ways are actually the very thing that keeps us trapped from the purpose that God has for us. See, Peter was alive and he felt excited that Jesus, the king of kings, I'm working for his kingdom. And then, then something happened and, it, and, he, and he lied and Jesus was crucified and he didn't realize that, wait a second, his calling was still there. But he, he believed not only his own lie, he separated his relationship with Jesus and then he just went back to doing what he knew what to do. Fisherman. And if you look at your own life and you realize if you'd follow your journey of your life and if you've been with the Lord for a while, you realize that when you distance yourself from God, like you've gotten yourself into some places that you no longer have this this intimate relationship with Jesus, you find that you slip back into old ways and old patterns and old habits and old thinking. But, But the beautiful thing about this story is what Jesus does. You see, Jesus knew where the disciples were going to be at. And by the way, I want, to, I want to encourage you. Jesus knows exactly where you're at. You're not lost. You're not wandering. Well, you might be wandering, but you're not lost. He knows where you are. Even if you don't know where you are, you're not lost. And Jesus sees you and he pursues you. And the way he pursues you first and foremost is with a miracle. It's with a miracle. See, Jesus went and performed a miracle for the disciples with the say, hey, life's not working so well for you guys, right? You're, you're laboring on your own accord, but put your net on the other side of the boat. And they got this amazing catch because they listened to this. They didn't even know it was Jesus. They said, oh, okay, we'll try it. We haven't caught anything over here. They do it, but then they acknowledge when they experience that miracle, they acknowledge that when they experience his kindness, his goodness to them, they acknowledge that it's Jesus, And that's the first step of reconciliation and restoration of a relationship is realizing, acknowledging that Jesus is pursuing you with kindness and he's pursuing you with miracles in your life. He's like, he's trying to woo you back. He's trying to woo you back. He's like, hey, by the way, I know you've wandered over here, but I love you so much. I will prove my love to you. And you might not feel my love right now because when we kind of distance from Jesus, when we're distanced from God, we don't always feel his love. If anything, we feel um, inadequate. We feel, you know, we've, we've hurt the relationship. We've damaged the relationship in some way. So what does he do? He shows us his kindness to us first. And then he invites us close so we can hear his heart and see his heart. He brought um, them to the shore 
And he already prepared a meal for them. Well, he prepared a fire anyways. So he created the environment. I'm sure they were out all night, cold. The fire brought them close together. And Jesus said, let's have a meal together. It was at that moment that when Jesus wants to have, by the way, that's what he does to us. He says, he creates the miracle. He's trying to woo us back. His kindness, by the way, the scripture says that his kindness leads us to repentance. His kindness leads us. Some of you need to hear that. Some of you still think God's mean and angry at you. And he's waiting to like whack-a-mole you. Whack, whack-a-mole, whack-a-mole. Pop your head up, whack-a-mole. No, <laughs> like I better hide from him. I don't want to get whacked again. But, but he's, he's saying, no, 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 his kindness, his kindness leads us to repentance. By the way, he initiates us, with us. He's pursuing us. He's pursuing us. Sometimes you feel like, oh, I got to get my life right first. No, you don't need to get your, your life right. What you need to do is acknowledge that Jesus is pursuing you and he's loving you and, his, and acknowledge his kindness towards you and the miracles that he wants to do in your life to, to show his great love for you. And when you do that, then, then he draws you closer to him and he shares a meal. And then he says to them, like, now you can hear my heart. Now I can look you in the eye and now you can see I'm not mad at you. I'm not ashamed at you. I know you deny me, but you're so afraid. You're, you're fearful. I get it. But see, Peter didn't get it. Peter, Peter felt ashamed. But the interesting thing is, is when, when he pursued Peter and the disciples, Peter didn't actually say, okay, I need to, re I need to repent. I need to say the sinner's prayer. And, and I need to do my Hail Marys. And I do, need to do all those penance things. He didn't say that. No. You know what Peter's repentance was? He jumped out of the boat and ran as fast as he could to Jesus. You see, that was his heart responding. That was his heart changed to say, Oh my word, what was I thinking, Jesus? I denied you. I lied about you. And he said, like, Jesus, I'm, I just want to be close to you. See, sin makes us walk away from Jesus. And, and repentance, all we do is we just turn to him and saying, I acknowledge who you are and I just want to take a step closer to you. I just want to get closer to you. That's what repentance is, turning to Jesus instead of away to, from Jesus. So then, then they share a meal together, and, and that's so beautiful. And I, I would encourage you guys, if you are ever feeling like your family is struggling or if your relationships are struggling, try to spend more meal time together. There's something about connecting around a meal that starts to link hearts back together again. There's something about a meal, sharing a meal together, that, that draws a relationship together. And Jesus knew that. He shared that meal with them on the beach. But then this is what he says to Peter. Verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, I, you know I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Then he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he had said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you'll be stretched out your hands. Another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Basically said, this is what the cost of him following Jesus. But the point of this engagement with Jesus is it wasn't just a reconciliation of a relationship. It was a reminding him of his purpose. Reminding him of his calling. And I think that's what happens to us as we get, we get discouraged. We, we turn our back on Jesus, not even purposely. It could be your fear, insecurity, whatever it is that makes us turn from Jesus. Or maybe you've never even turned to Jesus yet. And you're trying to live this, I'd call it living it a lie, because the enemy wants to make you think that you can do it on your own without Jesus. So you're really living a lie. And Jesus is wooing you. He's calling you. And, he's, and you're, by the way, you're here. So he's calling you. And, and he's saying, would you just come and be with me and, tr- and build that relationship? Because the relationship's built on trust. That you, can, that you can trust Jesus. You can trust in his goodness. And, and it leads us for the kindness, right? He starts with his kindness. That leads us into the place of repentance. And all repentance is turning to Jesus. And then we realize that he is so good and he's so faithful. And he doesn't judge us. He forgives us. He takes away our shame. He takes away our guilt. And he restores a relationship. But he restores a relationship for what? To remind us of our purpose. See, Peter lost his purpose along the way. He just went back to fishing. But Jesus reminded him that that he said, Peter, upon you I will build my church. And he had to he remind him three times because it was Peter who denied him three times. And he had to kind of say, Peter, do you love me? He said three times. And I know Peter's getting frustrated, but Jesus wanted him to know that every single time that you messed up, it doesn't make a difference. I still love you. <laughs> Some of you need to hear this every single time you mess up. It's okay. Jesus still loves you, but he's wanting to woo you back. Woo you back to restore a relationship because it's all about relationship. It's all about a relationship. That's why when it becomes about religion, run far and fast because religion kills. But a relationship with Jesus gives you life and life in the full. Because when you walk with Jesus, you realize he has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. And and this relationship with you fulfills your, your innermost being with the most amazing things. That you can feel safe, that you can feel secure, that you can that you can stand on something that's solid. That he is trustworthy and he's quick to forgive. And he gives us a hope and a future. Last week, um, at the end of service out in the foyer, a woman came to, to me and with tears in her eyes, she, she asked if she'd give me a hug. And I said, of course, of course. And and, and she, I knew who this person was. I wouldn't just let any random person give me a hug. <laughs> but especially a woman. Right, Audra? Right, Audra. Right, Audra. Right, Audra. And if you do give the hug, you got to give the good Christian side hug, right? But, but she, she said, can I give you a hug? I said, absolutely tears in her eyes. And she just said, she just said I love you. And again, Audra knows this. 
um, right, could sound, could sound inappropriate, but, but I know who this person is, an, an older person who had been hurt by some church transitions that had gone on years ago. And she'd come back and realized that there was a relationship that would, needed to be restored. And she pursued, that was her, that was her like jumping out of the boat and running fast to restore a relationship. That was her embrace and saying very, very um, words that were like, I'm sure were hard for her to say. But, but that's all she knew how to say. She didn't know how to like, there's no, there's no like grand words except tears and saying uh, like a heartfelt like, we're okay. We're okay. And, and I think that's, that's what Jesus is looking for is that we would realize as he's pursuing us with kindness that we're willing then to take the time to get to know this relationship that he wants to have where he's, he's saying it's okay. And as long as we're pursuing him, that's the repentance, right? The, like we're saying, God, keep inspecting my life. Keep looking at what's going on in the inside. And, and I want to keep submitting my life to you. And I want to give you permission because I trust you to keep doing a deep work in my heart. And then, and then he says, hey, yeah, I'm doing a deep work. But by the way, I've got a purpose for you. I got a plan for you. Did you forget that I've, I've designed you on purpose, that I, I created you to be on earth for this season and time to do great works in my name that's going to make you so fully alive? So today, that's my encouragement to us. I know our own sin pushes us away from Jesus. It might be our own flesh. It might be our own desires. It might be on our own securities. But he's just saying, Stop running that direction and, and just pause for a moment to understand that I am pursuing you with kindness. With kindness. I'm pursuing you with kindness. And by the way, I'm getting a meal prepared for you that we can just be together and sit around a table and just enjoy each other's company. And to know that, that I can restore you and I can restore this relationship. And then in that quietness, you're going to hear some words like this, like, I love you. I love you. I've got a plan for you. I'm, I'm not holding anything against you. I, I know you did that out of your own insecurities. I know you did that out of your own pain. I know that you have that in your life because of those difficult things that took place but would you let me to restore you? Let me, let me restore you. And that you can trust me that I'm good. I'm faithful. I'll never let you down. And some of you, I know, have been walking with Jesus for a long time and, and you know those seasons and maybe you're in a season where you're tight with Jesus, but maybe you're at a season where you're just, you're coasting or maybe a little distant. Today, would you just turn your attention to Jesus? Would you take a step closer to him to, to acknowledge that you're, that you're moving his direction? Some of you actually need to run. You need to jump out of a boat and you need to run full sprint. <laughs> and like, Jesus! <laughs> Whatever it's going to take for you. But some of you need to understand that Jesus is 
pursuing you. You've never known that Jesus is pursuing you. You've seen God as, as kind of like mean, angry, or distant, or maybe you don't even believe in God. But, but if you knew that Jesus is pursuing you with kindness, would you consider trusting him? Would you consider giving your life to him and let him unfold something so beautiful in your life? I know this takes trust. But today, will you run to your Savior? Maybe you haven't made him your Savior yet. Maybe you have never experienced the power of the resurrection. And maybe you haven't experienced the breaking of the, of the curse of sin that holds you bound. See, the cross sets you free from the chains of sin. But the empty grave restores a relationship that he's wanted to have with you. Would you consider that with me today? Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.